Every year we try to have a theme. Uh, we kind of backed up a little bit and got discouraged with that in 2020 because the first Sunday of the year 2020, uh, our theme was 2020 vision. I said we'll see things this year we have never seen before. Boy, I wish I could take that back. Uh, COVID-19, 2021-22. I went home that Sunday and I told Mrs. Arthur, I said, we've been here at that time uh, 37 years. I said, uh, we've never had this much momentum uh, for January, February. Awesome. I mean, the, the momentum we had. I said, with this kind of momentum in January, the winter time, we'll have a 1,000 for Easter. Boy, I wish I hadn't said that either. We had nobody for Easter. We was out in the parking lot. And uh, 2020 vision, we did see some things that we didn't think we were going to see. But in spite of that, the church stayed afloat. God paid the bills. We built another church in a foreign country. And so God won the victory. But I love having a theme and operating around that theme for the year. I try to make it sound neat according to the year that we're in. And uh, what will you be in 23? Remember that one. Uh, be one in 21. Well, this year I felt like the Lord led me to Hebrews chapter 10. And in verse 25, there's a little phrase. We'll read it in a moment. But it talks about so much the more. As you see the day approaching. And so our theme this year is going to be much more in 24. Much more what? Well, I believe we could say much more power, much more faith, much more love, much more dedication, much more commitment, much more souls being saved through the ministry and the power of the gospel. And I don't know about you this morning, but I don't need less of, I need more of. In fact, I don't just need more of, I need so much more of. And I'm glad that God today is not only able to do, but he's able to do exceeding. He is not only able to do exceeding, but he is able to do exceeding abundant. He is not just able to do exceeding abundant, but he's able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or even think. I'm glad there's no boundaries, borders, limits to who God is and what God can do. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? How much more? I'm glad God is interested in taking us higher, letting us reach further, letting us go deeper. Because the days are approaching. We need God today more than we've ever needed Him in our life. Our country needs a church on fire for God, full of the Holy Spirit and fire, more than it has ever needed in the history of this nation. And if God is able to do much more, why don't you and I today ask Him to do much more? I'm glad the eye hasn't seen and the ear hasn't heard 
Neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. And that verse is not talking about heaven because the very next verse says, But the Holy Spirit hath revealed them unto us. God doesn't want you to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy your salvation. God does not want you to wait till you get to heaven to worship Him. Man, I'm glad God's alive now. We need God now in this present world. The day is here. The day of testing, the day of trouble, the day of trial. And I'm glad in this day, in this hour, in this moment, God is able to do and give you an eye. Not just more, but much more. Let's read our text this morning and launch out into this much more in 24. Look in Hebrews chapter number 10 this morning. We'll look in verse 24 and verse number 25. Verse 24, and let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. I don't believe this is day day and hour that we need to be self-centered. We need to have others in mind. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another. Sandy, that's what you said in the song. Man, there's times we get weary, we get discouraged. That's when we draw strength from one another, to exhort one another, to encourage one another, to prod one another. And I'm glad to say this morning that I've got the Lord, I have the Holy Spirit, I have the blood of Christ, I'm glad I got the Bible, but I'm glad I've got one another. I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. And sometimes we laugh together, sometimes we cry together, and sometimes we get our feelings hurt and we fight together. But I'm glad one day Jesus is coming and we're going home together. Thank God for one another, but exhorting one another. Say that with me, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, not less, but more, so much the more. And we'll come back to this in just a moment. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said there's coming a day when the saints of God will have to draw strength on one another. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that day is here in this hour when we need and we can draw strength from each other. Not less of, but so much the more as we see the day approaching. The theme of the book of Hebrews today is Christ is better. When you read the book of Hebrews, it says that Christ is better. And he's just not better, but he's better than the best. And he's higher than the highest. And he's greater than the greatest. Hebrews reminds us that he is greater than any person. He is greater than any power. 
He is greater than any principality. He is greater than any principle of practice because he is better. He's better than the angels and he's better than Moses and he's better than the prophets. He's a better sacrifice established upon a better covenant to bring us a better promise that we might find a better way and have a better hope and have a better resurrection and one day go to a better country. Christ is better. And in the light of Christ being better, don't you think this morning that his people, his family, his disciples, his followers ought to be like our Lord Jesus Christ and be better. Reach higher, drive deeper, go farther. If Christ is better, then he through the power of the Holy Spirit can make us better. If he is the better sacrifice and the better savior and the better high priest, he put in you and I better love, better joy, better authority, better power, better peace, and better hope. Therefore, let us in this coming year be better for the cause of Christ. I want my faith to be better. I want my love to be better. I want my commitment to be better. I want the anointing of God on my life To be better. And not just better, but more. And not just more, but so much more. You and I, driving further, going deeper for God, is illustrated in the book of Hebrews with what I call ten let us. Now, a country boy would say it like this, ten let us is. But we have some English professors among us today, and I don't want to offend you. But I might just say it again, let us. And there are ten times in the book of Hebrews where he is telling you and I, let's be like our Lord, let's rise higher, let's go further, let's be better. And he does it with these ten let us's. Chapter 4 and verse number 1, let us fear. Chapter 4 and verse 11, let us labor. Chapter 4 and verse 14, let us hold fast. Chapter 4 and verse 16, let us come boldly. Chapter 6 and verse 1, let us go on. Chapter 10 and verse 22, let us draw near. Chapter 12 and verse 1, let us lay aside and look unto Jesus. Chapter 12, verse 28, let us Have grace. Chapter 13, verse 13, let us go forth. And in chapter 13 and verse 15, let us offer unto him the sacrifice of praise. But I want us to come this morning to our text. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24, let us consider one another. Let us keep in mind that we are part of the family of God. And as we consider one another and exhort one another and encourage one another, let's remember today if we're going to be better, if our faith is going to be better and our commitment is going to be better, yes, we are going to need the Lord. We are going to need the Bible. We are going to need the Holy Spirit. But we're going to need the family of God. I'm glad today I'm a part of the household of faith. 
I'm a part, I'm, a, I'm glad I'm a part of the bride of the church of the living God. I'm glad I'm part of that building that's been fitly framed together. And Satan cannot destroy that building. I'm glad I'm part of that body that's been made one through the blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And the devil cannot disease that body. I'm glad I'm part of the bride that's been wooed by the Holy Spirit, ready to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the devil cannot divorce that bride. I'm glad I'm a part of that battalion that's in the army of the Lord, and the Lord is the captain of our salvation, and the devil cannot defeat that battalion. And I'm glad this morning through the blood of Christ and the regeneration power of the Holy Spirit, I'm part of that blessing that the devil cannot deny you and us. That God is our Father and Jesus is our Savior and the Holy Spirit is our Comforter and the church is our family and the Bible is our book and heaven is our home. And I want to echo the words of the psalmist. In Psalm 133, where he said, Behold, how good, how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. I want to emphasize this morning that little phrase in verse 24, chapter 10. Let us consider one another. What does that little word consider mean? It means to stop and ponder and to think. And it literally means to see the needs of others. And let me just tell you something this morning. There'll be days in your life that you're going to feel wonderful. There'll be days in your life when you won't have a trouble or a trial in a thousand miles. But you remember, you may be in one of those places where everything is smooth and everything is wonderful and there's not a trouble nowhere in sight. But remember, Someone that's an arm's length of you may be going through the deepest, darkest valley of their life. Oh God, may He deliver us from being so caught up in our own self, and our own world, that we forget to look and to ponder and to think and consider the needs of others. Do you realize today where we would be were not for Others, The Bible tells us that we are to pray one for another. The Bible tells us that we are to forgive one another. The Bible tells us that we ought to bear one another's burdens. Here's an interesting one. Confess your faults one to another. If I was you, I'd be careful who that another was because if you tell them, all the other others is going to know. Yes, forbearing one another. Well, aren't you glad we're part of those one another's? Where would you be today if a one another hadn't loved you? Where would you be if one of those others hadn't have helped you along the journey? I wonder where we'd all be today without those others that prayed for us and bore our burdens and lifted our problems and encouraged us along the way. Considering, thinking, loving, seeing the needs of others. Consider one another. I thought about this early this morning, considering the weaknesses of others. Everybody's not strong. 
Considering the faults of others, everybody is not perfect. Considering the hang-ups and difficulties of others, everybody is not multi-talented. Can I remind you today, there is a myriad of troubles and fears and trials and doubts and disappointments scattered all over this room. And by the way, don't judge someone that is weak. Don't judge someone that is struggling. Don't judge someone that is doubting. Don't judge someone that's discouraged. But because all of us in this room are one phone call away from their fear and their trouble and their heartache and their valley. Ladies and gentlemen, we are to consider one another. But I'm glad today the God that helped you is the God that can help them and the God that helped them is the God that can help you. I'm glad the grace of God is sufficient for all the others. I'm glad the promises of God are real to all of the others and God didn't fail the others and God's not going to fail you. God's been faithful to all of us today. May we consider one another. He lays out in the text some things that we ought to do while we're considering one another. He uses two interesting words in the text to me. He uses the word provoke. And then he uses the word exhort. He uses the word provoke and then he uses the word exhort. Now normally we would think that the provoking would be the negative And the exhorting would be the positive. But when you read the text here, it's all in positive mode. It didn't say provoking one another, pointing out their faults. Can I just stop and say today that the world is filled with people who have a Ph.D. degree and pointing out the faults of others. There are some people in your life have written, I started to say an encyclopedia full, but there are some people in your life that's written several Wikipedia, Google articles about your faults. Well, they can spot the fault and the fear and the blemish in someone else. They're good at it. But God doesn't say we provoke one another. To find their faults and point out their insufficiencies and their difficulties. But it said provoke one another to love. To do good works. What in the world does that provoke mean to do love and to do good works? That means we ought to be reminding one another. And encouraging one another. And assetting one another. Let's love and let's do good works. God hasn't called you and I to expose the sin and the faults and the discrepancies of others. But in these days, God has called us to provoke one another to love and to good works. Keep loving Jesus. Keep doing what's right. Keep giving your life for the cause of Christ. Don't give up now. We're too far in the journey. Let me provoke you. Let me prod you. Let me encourage you. Love. Love God. Love one another. Love your family. And do something good for the cause of Christ. And then he used that word, exhort. Now that word provoke means to point out. But notice in the text, it's not the point out the faults and the failures and the discrepancies, but 
point out the opportunities to love and to do good works. But this word exhort is a very strong word. It literally means to go to one side and let them lean upon you. And as you walk together, they can lean upon you. But the word is so strong that it means more than one that can lean upon you, but one you can carry when they cannot walk by themselves. Lord, have mercy. Well, how many times have you had to lean on someone? But how many times have you been so weak you couldn't even lean on someone? But they reached a hold of you and they carried you and you couldn't carry yourself. Yes, there's been times I've leaned on some people's prayers and there's been times I've been carried by their prayers. There's times I've had to lean on somebody's strength, but there's been times I've had to be carried by their strength. There's been times I've leaned on the faith of others. And ladies and gentlemen, there's been times I've really been carried by the faith of others. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you walking with God enough? Are you living for God enough? Do you have enough God in your life? When those that are around you have to lean, can they lean upon you? But have you got so much faith and power and unction and God in your life that if they can't lean, you can pick them up and carry them through and God blesses them and God blesses you because somebody is exhorting us and not less of, not just more of, but so much more as you see the day approaching. I'm interested today in that little phrase, as you see the day approaching. I've tried to think like Paul under the Holy Spirit when he penned down these words, what day did he have in mind? Notice the definite article is there as you see that must be some particular day approaching. What day did this writer through the Holy Spirit, what day did he have in mind that we would need each other that much? Well, I believe through reading the context of the Scripture, he's talking about the day of apostasy, that day of great falling away, That day right before the forerunner comes in power and great glory. When others, according to Hebrews, would turn from the grace of God. When others, according to Hebrews, would go an opposite way of God. When others in Hebrews would not hearken to the voice of God and disobey the voice of God and forfeit their privilege to go to the land that remaineth a rest for the people of God. Talking about that sin that would beset us. And those days of trouble and trial that would hinder us and condemn us. Right before the splitting of the eastern sky and the sounding of the trumpet. When Jesus comes in power and glory. I believe that's the day that he had in mind. 
He said that day is coming when they will turn from the truth. That day is coming when they will reject the voice of God. That day is coming when they will persecute the true believers. But Brother Paul said, as you see that day approaching, don't stop. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Let somebody lean upon you, carry them through, and exhorting one another. As you see the day approaching. Boy, as I was looking at that day, at that the day, the day approaching, I thought about, boy, there's a lot of days. There's a lot of days in our life when we're going to need to draw strength from one another. I commented to one of our members as we were going into the handicap entrance here. Me and Mrs. Arthur and some more handicapped people we were coming up that back ramp. And, and I, I made this statement. I said, brother... When Paul wrote that verse about the outward man perishing, boy, he got that right. If you're here today and you will dispute that verse, that the outward man perishing, you've never turned 40 years old. If you dispute that verse, you definitely haven't turned 50. If you dispute that verse, you definitely haven't turned 60. If you dispute that verse, you've never been married to a woman or have a mother-in-law. Can I get an amen in the church house? That outward man perished. I'll never forget when I had my stomach operated on that took a foot of my colon out. And three or four days, I was out of the hospital. And I was walking in my house, had a pillow right here. I couldn't hardly walk. And there stood Joseph Clarence Arthur Jr., my proud son. He stood there with this pitiful look upon his face and a tear in his eye. And he said, Dad, I need to tell you something. And I thought, man, I've been waiting all of these years for that father and son bond. Here's where Bubba is going to say something that will encourage his old man in the midst of my trouble. And as a tear ran down my face, I said, what is it, son? He said, Dad, I just want to tell you, you ain't got the guts you used to have. And then I said to him what I have said to his mother on several occasions, get behind me, Satan. He took it better than she did. Oh, but that outward man perishes. There's not a person in this room can testify and say, I'm stronger today than I was yesterday. No, ladies and gentlemen, that outward man is going to perish. There's going to come a day when weakness and sorrow and difficulty is going to plague us all. I believe that's one of the greatest manifestations of the mercy of God that I can tell you. That in that Brother Matt, that in God's mercy, He shields us from the future. He shields us from every storm and, and every valley. I believe the day of God was to sovereignly remove the veil from our minds and our eyes. And we saw every heartache and every trouble and every trial that we would face the rest of our life. None of us could stand. We would all crumble under the pressure. I I didn't see the COVID coming. I didn't see my little mama 
slowly dying with cancer coming. Matt, you didn't see the wreck coming and multitudes in this room. You didn't see that valley coming. You didn't see that storm coming. You didn't see that difficult coming. But way before it ever got here, the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and the blood of Jesus and the family of God had carried you and prayed for you and strengthened you and you were ready when that day came. And I want to say in this day of difficulty, in this day of trouble, let's not be weary. But let's encourage one another. There's going to come a day of sickness. There's going to come a day of trial. There's going to come a day of sorrow. It's coming to your home and it's coming to mine. But I'm glad in that day we draw strength on the body of Christ. In closing this morning, let me emphasize again, I believe the theme of Paul in the text. So much the more as you see the day approaching. That day of falling away. That day of rebellion. That day of rejection. Quickly this morning, there's people in this room my age and maybe even younger. You never dream we would see the day in which that we're living. The sin and the immorality of the day. The things we vote on, the things we discuss did not even cross our mind in another day. And the Bible says before the Lord comes, it's going to get wicked. It's going to get dark. It's going to get difficult. In fact, he said it get so bad that the scoffers will come and say, he's forgot about you guys. Where is the promise of his coming? The elements will shake. Science will fail. The medical world will fail. The religious world will reject the truth of the gospel. But can I give you the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He said, when you see all these things, don't look down. Don't look back. Don't look around. But look up. For your redemption draweth nigh. So much the more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let me end with this. Notice what he said in Hebrews 10.25. He didn't say let's separate from one another. He didn't say let's build walls and reject one another. He said, but on the opposite of that, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know what he's saying? He is saying, hook up with the saints of God every chance you get. Brother, ladies and gentlemen, our philosophy is different. Our goals are different. Our song is different. Our life is different. We have a message of hope and light and faith and love. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need less of one another. We need more one of of each other. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I see the others in this text. I see the operation of the text. But I see the obligation of this text. Not just a little. Not just some. But so much the more. I read a little article the other day and there was a picture on top of it. And it had a big turtle sitting on a fence post about five or six feet off the ground. 
Big old turtle sitting on top of a fence post, five, six feet off the ground. And there was a caption under it, like it was coming out of the mouth of the turtle. And it said, I didn't get here by myself. Now, if I'd been a squirrel, no big deal. If I'd been a lizard, no big deal. If I'd been a buzzard, no big deal. But that old turtle, get on top of that fence post. I didn't get here by myself. You didn't get here today by yourself. (laughs) None of us are where we are today by ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody knocked on heaven's door for you. Somebody got a hold of God for you and God got a hold of you. Thank God for somebody that prayed for us and loved us and encouraged us and moved us towards God. And just think of the blessing people have been to you. How many this morning knows what it is for somebody to be a blessing to you? Well, let's go be that blessing to someone else. For many, 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 many years, every Sunday morning, 9.30, even if I was preaching on the uh, left coast, Joseph, or, or, or Alaska, no matter what time zone, it might have been 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, but 9.30 Sunday morning, many, 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 many years, my phone would ring, and I'd say Hello. And that voice would say, hey, baby, this is your mama. She didn't have to say mama because she's the only one that calls me baby. He said, aren't you married? Yes. Don't she talk to you? Yes. Does she call you names? Yes. (laughs) But baby ain't one of them. It's usually hunk. The Holy Ghost just went right out the door right there. Hey, baby, it's your little mama. Boy, she'll just light into praying. Oh, God bless my babies. He preaches today. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. Anoint him with the Holy Ghost. Lord, may somebody be saved. This morning, 930 It's the first day in a long time I didn't get one of those calls. She's too weak now. And she's in transition between this world and the the next one. But I just believe she's got enough prayers stored up in God's bank that it'll last the rest of the journey. I remember when Ralph Sexton's dad passed away, Ralph Sexton Sr., the dean of the mountain preachers. I stood there in that old building before they built the new tabernacle that they're in, and I was standing there looking at the body of that general. I had my arm around Ralph Sexton. Ralph looked at me and he said, I'm going to miss daddy's prayers 
more than anything. He said to me, he said, Joe, I can already feel the cold winds of hell blowing on my life because only time and eternity will reveal what that generation prayed on us and prayed off of us. None of us are here by ourselves. But aren't you glad that was another that invested into your life? Brother John, there's a man at the Ford place that said, come to the revival this week and hear a man of God give his testimony. And how many times have you given your testimony because one man got you to go to church and hear, I wonder how many today would already be lost and undone by that God burning in the devil's hell. But my God, somebody loved you and prayed for you and cared for you and they invested in your world. I'm glad we've got one another. And I'm glad as we see these days approaching, let's encourage and exhort where others not only can lean upon us, but when we're so weak, we can't lean. Somebody through the power of the Holy Spirit can reach down and pick us up and carry us through. Let's stand all over the building, Lord. We love.